Truthfully Speaking Grace is a global podcast dedicated to connecting, celebrating, and inspiring listeners with empowering conversations. Join host Agatha Corbin as she gracefully builds with real people, sharing real stories, and unlocking real enlightening truth. Welcome. This is Truthfully Speaking Grace Podcast with your amazing host, Agatha Corbin, giving you real conversation with powerful topics and connecting with real inspirational people from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and let's get this podcast started. Daniel Middleton sitting here with Agatha. I'm the executive producer for this show. Questions about uh, about your life experience there that I wanted to to uh, ask you. Mentioned before um, that you come to a point where considering having to lose your house and lose your home. Could you get fill us in more on that situation of what it, what had happened as far as your job and everything financially? The, the events leading up to you sitting on the couch and and, and having your your moment. That's a good question. Very personal, but it's a good question because someone out in the, in, in, in the universe needs to hear it. Um, back in those days when I was obedient to open um, or found co-found this nonprofit called the CDCRC, uh, I walked away from a corporate job at a major mega bank to go ahead and spearhead and create this this entity. Um, with that, I lost any benefits, financial gain, uh, consistent salary. And at the same time, we started, me and my business partner and board members, we also started a consulting firm where it kind of helped feed us, helped pay some bills as we built this nonprofit. Um, we were going strong. We finally got the programs all together. My sons were in school. They both were very active in school and sports. Um, their fathers were good providers. Let me put that out there. So I was able to keep a roof over our head and maintain. But for that, I would say that seventh, <laughs> that seventh year into the nonprofit, we didn't get any grant funding. We didn't get any contracts, and I was the main person out of the group that was running the daily operation. Um, and for a while there, I did not have income coming in for almost six or seven months as far as income for myself. So it, it took a toll on my personal household. And here I am preaching financial literacy, helping other families buy and build homes. We still had clients coming through, helping other clients get cars. We had Angel Auto and the CEO and president of the CDCRC had no income, real income coming in to, to make ends meet. It lasted for about a good three or four months. And in those three or four months, I, yeah, I almost lost the place where we lived. Um, I did downsize. Um, I, I was a homeowner. I, I had the two-point cars and all of that when I worked for the banks. But when I was being obedient to start the CDCRC, I knew I had to sensibly downsize from all of that as a single mom with single income. Um, that experience 
taught me about not being on your own little island, like I said before, um, because I had to reach out to my family, which was there to help me. My bro- I have two brothers. Um, of course, they helped me. Um, my BFFs, my friends, uh, their godmothers. So I had a good support system to help me get through that. Um, once we got through those harsh 90 days and got on an even keel and then it got better but we still had some lean days I just had to shop different I had to uh, make sure you know where we live was conducive to good for me and my kids Um, because it was just me and them and their fathers providing for them I always wanted to make sure that their needs were met you know what I mean and their needs being uh, food, shelter, clothing, and transportation. Right. And so for a long time, as long as those basic needs were met, I went without on a lot of things. And I was okay with that because the CDCRC was thriving and was building and blessing other families who, I'm going to be honest, were way worse off than we could ever be. Yeah, I may have had some tough times and had to rebuild my life, rebuild my credit, rebuild everything. But there were families that we were serving coming in front of me that had nothing. Um, so I had to I had to weigh it out and praise God anyway and still serve anyway because I knew it could have been a whole lot worse. We were never in a shelter. Uh, we were never really without. We just almost was without. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful stuff right there. Yes, yes, yes. It built not only their character as young men, but it also built my character and basically definitely my belief that Jehovah Jireh is a true provider Um, and that I had phenomenal and still have phenomenal family, friends, and support system that, you know, if I need something or my sons need something, I can truly say I can pick up the phone or sometimes when you have to pick up a phone, someone is, is, is vibing that, Hey, are you okay? Are the boys, how the boys? Right. Every time I walk anywhere, <laughs> any business meeting, any community meeting, anywhere I go, that's the first thing. How's the boys? What do you need? Are you got, are you guys good? Because you never know who's watching you. Um, so yeah, I would say the seventh year, right right over into that transition of success for the agency. I had some dark financial time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, I, I almost walked away, but I didn't. But the downside, though, is that I went into retreat because I didn't think no one really could understand my odd world to co- go from a corporate income home and two cars to uh, apartment living and no car. Wow. With two boys. So, yeah. Uh, another another part of your uh, interview that stood out to me was when you were talking about campaigning for uh, uh, Barack Obama yeah. on the RTA bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were passing out canvassing. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. It was Can a you? phenomenal. I, I, even though I was living meager, I was still working with powerful individuals throughout the country. I was a part of the uh, 2008 and, um, yeah, 2008, and what's the other one? When did he come back again? 2012. 
Um, the first one, um, yes, I was a fellow, and um, I worked with the uh, campaign on a national level and a local level. And on the local level, uh, my place became a hub uh, for the Dayton Montgomery County market to get to get the word out with the young people. And I and my sons, since we already ran a nonprofit on the other end, we already were doing outreach. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. My, my kids, that's all they knew, because even with the CDCRC, we always believed in going to the hood <laughs> and getting out the word of this is what we have for you. So we took those same kind of chops, and I was able to do that for that campaign. So, yeah, we were campaigning on the bus, and we were going into neighborhoods. It was actually fun. It was actually liberating because that was true grassroots movement mm-hmm. along like we did or will do or still doing really for the CDCRC, grassroots movement, meet the people where they're at. So if they was on the bus with me, Hey, we were all on the bus. <laughs> are you registered voter? <laughs> and you know, my sons are like, Mom, are you a registered voter? <laughs> you took advantage of every opportunity. Every opportunity. <laughs> Going into neighborhoods, honestly, that I didn't think I would ever go well. when I worked in the banking industry, okay? I went from, you know, working in this posh environment to I'm going up in the hood, you know, praying I didn't see a pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that one. Or hear somebody <laughs> clocking a Glock. <laughs> but I'll be like, you register to vote? <laughs> and watching my kids, like, okay, we don't think we're going to go up to them steps, okay? We'll just leave the flyer. <laughs> the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, man. yeah. Yeah, yeah. My sons and I. <laughs> But what an adventure. <laughs> yes. You know what? That's what that's what life is about. And that, you know, on the good side, all of those harsh moments were a an adventure. Mm-hmm. And I can laugh at it now because when you look back, I was like, oh, my gosh, my whole life has been an adventure. I mean, I, I'll say this one moment I'm meeting someone in whatever low income place. And the next, in that same day, hour later, I'm meeting a president or vice president of a industry in my office. That's how eclectic, and my sons and I lived that. While we turned out the lights, cleaned the building, and stood at the RTA bus stop to go home. Wow. And I remember public officials driving past, <laughs> saying, waving, like, is that is that a gay thought? Like, you know, what? Like, yeah, I, I can truly say that was... It was humbling, and it allowed me to be more driven to start uh, financial literacy programs that will help other um, families and single moms do better because I, I knew I could say to them, I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know you can do this because if I can do this, you can do this. If you can make it. If I can make it through or or get a job or get a gig or do some temp services or build a business, because mind you, not only did was I able to be blessed to build a nonprofit and work as an advocate, but I also built two or three businesses of my own along with my business partners. So it can be done, you know, but it, it's just it is a, it's some sacrifice in there. It's some minger days, you know, as they say, the ramen noodle days. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks for listening to Truthfully Speaking Grace Podcast. Stay tuned for another episode with more real conversations, celebrating real and inspiring people from all around the world.